It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Stop being aggressive. We thought it was going to be easy. We thought they were going to give up. You know, this game is a long game. It's a long game. You know, the team has come back for 30 points in one game. Before. So for us to sit here and act like you know we're we're somebody, we're not we're not jack ish right now. Like we haven't proved nothing. We haven't done nothing. So we got to stay aggressive at all times. We got to realize that we're a targeted team. Teams want to beat us. So until we get that in the back of our heads, we're going to continue to play this way. Like we got to play with some confidence. Play with some. A sense of urgency and aggressiveness, like on a defensive end, not offensively, straight defense, like because we're not defending the soul. Period. All right, that was Wizards guard Bradley Beal. If he sounded dejected, there is good reasons, because my friends, the Wizards absolutely blew this game against the Phoenix Suns, lose one twenty two, one sixteen. They were up twenty two points. Phoenix is a young team that played yesterday. The Wizards should have won. Guess what? They didn't. But that's okay. We're going to talk about it here anyway on the Lockdown Wizards podcast. Ben Standick here. We have a special guest with us here. Usually Todd Dibus is in the spot, but he had bigger and better things to do. So here helping me give me a real analysis on on this and who knows what else we'll talk about. Mr. Dave Preston with WTOP Sports. Coming off the bench kind of, you know, like so many others. But this is probably you coming off the bench is probably like another a coaching mistake on my part. Oh. That way, you know, should should have been, uh, you know, should have had you in the ro- higher in the rotation. Early on, but... Uh, I promise I won't get into foul trouble like Kelly Oubre. Oh, yeah. He got into foul trouble pretty quick, but that was one of many problems for the Washington Wizards. The biggest problem, probably Phoenix forward TJ Warren. He had not one, not two, not three, but 40 points. So did Bradley Beal. He also had 40 points, but Warren was simply unstoppable on a team that, for a team that really didn't have a ton of other guys scoring in the second half. It was almost the epitome of a one-man show, and he... Did it to the Wizards, who were a little shorthanded. You mentioned Kelly Oubre's foul trouble. Jason Smith got in foul trouble, and they never had Otto Porter from the start because of illness. The Wizards were cruising, Dave, 32-15 after the first quarter. You're thinking, I'm thinking, you know what? We we saw them against Sacramento. They, they put that young team to bed early and kept it up, and I'm out. I think I tweeted at that point, all right, they've blown a bunch of big leads this year, but last game didn't happen on the road. Can they keep it up? And it, it, it just, it was, again, like two completely different games. Up 17, they were doing all of the little things, possession by possession. They were being aggressive. They were being smart on both ends of the floor. Tonight, that was not the case. And you just, you, you wonder, it, it's, it's one thing if it happens once, but this has happened all season. They blew leads against Philadelphia on opening night. They, had issues putting Detroit away. They uh, lost the game against the Lakers. They lost to Golden State. Games where they had leads. And you look at what the Wizards are doing and where are they going to go. Uh, they won 49 games last year. And the question was, okay, is this the year that they're going to get to 50 to 55 wins? And so far through seven games, they're playing like one of those teams that wins 40 to 45 games and doesn't have home court maybe in the first round and gets you know knocked out in, in six games in April. They're setting themselves up for 
in April looking back at the season saying, why, why didn't we win that game? Why didn't we win that game? And that's an attention to detail that has to have uh, Coach Scott Brooks just a little less than happy. I mean, and make no mistake, the Wizards, so they're now 4-3. and three. That includes at loss to the Lakers on that on the road trip that they just completed. And they had a big lead in that game. They've had a big – they've now seven games. They've had big leads in every game. I think Denver, they only got up by eight. Mm. But they've had double-digit leads in every game. Only the Sacramento game did they not blow the lead. But the Lakers game was looking like a candidate for worst loss of the year early on, you know, early on. This one's way worse. This is the winner. The winner. And there's still, you know, the thing is there are 75 more games where they can have a worse loss than tonight. You like to think it's an aberration because you like to think that when Markeith Morris finally comes back, he'll be, he'll be starting and those starting minutes will go to him and all, and instead you'll have Kelly Oubre and, and Jason Smith both coming off the bench full-time as opposed to one of them starting. Or tonight when Otto Porter was ill, both of them starting. And you, you talked about the foul trouble, Smith and Oubre. Oubre's a young guy. Tonight was not the night for him to pick up two quick fouls in the first half. Tonight was not the night for him to uh, have four in the uh, third quarter. And for the Wizards not to have his length and, and to have his energy uh, off the floor for big stretches of time because – eventually you're running out of guys to run at the small forward position. What position does T.J. Warren play? Hey, guess what? Small forward. He's going up against not plan A or plan B, but plan C and D, and he gets 28 of 40 in the second half. Yeah, no, the plan C and D aspect was pretty key. The, the Wizards – one thing I just mentioned just so I don't forget, uh, some news on the day. You mentioned Markeith Morris. He's officially active, but because of – the one-game suspension he picked up for leaving the bench at Golden State. He he didn't play today. He will play Friday against Cleveland. Good planning on the Wizards, although I mean, not not like he could have played. Getting him back, day. you know, it's yeah. good to get him back. Yeah. Well, he couldn't play tonight anyway, right. but nonetheless, they'll have him back on Friday. But so you're already down, Markeith Morris. They've been dealing with that all season. Then Otto Porter's out with illness. Apparently, he picked something up in the last couple of days. He's been off. Right. So Kelly Oubre starts, and look, Kelly Oubre. 21-year-old, he's been largely pretty good this year, certainly better than what we saw last year. He's guarding Devin Booker right off the bat. Great opportunity, uh, a guy who's considered to be a pretty good defender against one of the league's best scorers. Booker had come in here at least 30 points in back-to-back games. And within three minutes, Oubre's got two fouls. That's problematic on a day where Otto's out because that meant that they brought Tomas Sadoransky in to play that spot. And then Jason Smith got into foul trouble by the six-minute mark, and at that point, they bring in Mike Scott, who did okay. But the point is, they were going to have him go deeper into the bench quickly. Now, all that said, with all that, they went up 22 points in the first half. So uh, this is no excuse. With the group, shorthand and all that, they got ahead. But Phoenix started to come back. They scored 37 points in the second quarter, 35 in the third, 35 in the fourth. Remember, they scored 15 in the first quarter and finished with 122. That you know, we can point to the the missing of pieces, but you know, collectively, and this was a point that Scott Brooks made and the players made as well. You can't um, you can't get by uh, you, you can't get by with with a defensive effort like that. But I, they yeah. were shorthanded at a tough spot because this one guy just destroyed them. I think they. I think I want to say Phoenix shot uh, over sixty percent in the second half. Don't have the exact numbers. You know, twenty five of forty one. I think they were after intermission. And defense is such a want-to. Defense is such a have-to mindset. And Coach Brooks said they took a couple possessions off here and there. You can't choose which possessions you're going to play. Confidence in the wrong hands is a dangerous thing. This young Phoenix team, 
they you know even though they were down 17 after one quarter they still forged ahead they picked up 37 in the second even though they were down 12 going into halftime i'm sure they went in there with a lot of confidence and if there's one thing that we've learned about this wizards team this year they don't they usually don't get off to good starts in the second quarter the third quarter or the fourth quarter and so you can easily it, it's teams aren't able to, instead of slowly working your way back into a game, you're able to microwave away that deficit. And that's what happened tonight. They opened the fourth quarter on a 14-6 run, led most of the rest of the way. Wiz, you know, had a little bit of a a late charge, but the only guys offensively who played really well for them tonight as far as starters were concerned, Beal and Wall. And once again, they're living and dying with uh, Bradley Beal and John Wall. That was the case tonight. Both had great, had really good games. They both shot over, uh, you know, combined they shot over fifty percent. But you you needed a little bit more from everybody else, and they didn't get that tonight. I mean, one thing I always point to is like I give Scott Brooks some grief whenever I see a straight five man bench unit on the court. That happened tonight. He didn't have much of a choice tonight. I mean, like I said, not only did the foul trouble pick up, but you're missing essentially two starters. So he had to go with some five-man units. And then on top of it, it was a five-man unit without Kelly Oubre, who's typically part of of that group, even though he's when he's starting, I still consider him the bench guy. Um, you know, Sadoransky, you know, we're, we're, we're all in with the free Sada movement. But, you know, he didn't give them a ton. He was hardly yeah. alone. Um, you know, you look at, again, plus-minus Dave, lousy stat. But you look at the plus minus, Beal plus six, Wall plus four uh, on the bench, Jody Meeks minus ten, Jody, uh, no, sorry, Tim Frazier minus ten, Meeks and Mahima. Down goes Frazier. Down <laughs> goes Frazier. That's, and that was an issue last year when uh, their, their bench, their second unit couldn't, uh, you know, hold leads. And so they had to play their starters a lot more minutes than they would have liked to. You would have thought that with the offseason additions, you know, Meeks, you know, Scott, you know, that, that might, you know, and maybe a little more experience in the system. For... I mean, I still think it's not a, it's not a big of a deal in no. part because they, they haven't had yeah. Morris. And once Morris comes back, they'll have an opportunity to have at least one of those top four starters. I don't count Gortat because you don't play him and Mahimi together. One of those guys on the court at all times. It's been more complicated this year because of the obvious lack of depth. They've gone with Otto at Porter times. So to go down all these guys uh, was, was tough. L- l- let me ask you this question. I made this joke on Twitter that this game was really helping Otto Porter's MVP candidacy. Um, and, you know, Bradley Beal was asked about it, if Otto, missing Otto was a factor. His answer was, I believe, quote, no, no, <laughs> no, no, pause, no, no, no. Uh, and he's right. They were up a chunk without Otto Porter, and Otto was on the court in those other games when they blew big leads. So I wouldn't put it on that. But this was a game where not only did they miss him defensively, uh, but you just didn't have another guy to go to. So, you know, part of me, I, I'm not giving the Wizards any pass. Scott Brooks would scream at me if I tried. But, you know, at some point, you know, even when you have Beal and Wall, I know, I mean, I'm not saying they should have lost. Right. But, like, you, there's only so much you can do when you're running out of people. And, you know, the bench guys, you want that they have lanes. Most teams' benches don't have guys who you're like, oh, well, that guy could play 30 minutes as a starter. They're on the bench typically for a reason. They do certain things. When you ask them to go beyond what they're capable of, that's when things run into problems. Um, you know, look, I mean, uh, Mike Scott had a really good game off the bench. 12 points, I think it was all in the first half or close to it. Yeah. Uh, but they just didn't have enough. And then defensively, they didn't play well. And by the way, just to, you know, a lot of people on Twitter were, were telling me that John Wall didn't play that well. 
I don't know if they're totally wrong. I mean, you know, 21 points, 6 assists, but 0 for 4 from the free throw line. He missed a couple big ones late. late that really, that, that, that was, that doesn't necessarily show up in the grand scheme of things on the statue, but that's one that definitely sticks in your craw if you were at the arena tonight because he had a chance to get, you know. I think it was and, they were down four. Happen. He could yeah. have gotten the two. Phoenix comes down. TJ Warren gets an offensive rebound put right. back. And that went up six, and that, that's, that was when I, the that's when I started writing my story. Like, right. okay, this game is over. That was with a less than, uh, yeah, he missed the free throws with the 153 left, and Warren came down the next possession. And, and Beal uh, had a rough back. third quarter. I think he missed seven of his uh, six of his first seven shots. You know, coming out of intermission, he was uh, Bradley Beal was red hot in the first half, made six of seven, I think four of five from outside the arc. But he he wasn't as sharp coming back after halftime. And when you're in a world that this you know in this game when you know, Gortat, you know, didn't have a monster offensive night. Uh, you've, you're, fo- you're forced to deal with, you know, Kelly Oubre and, and Jason Smith for your offensive firepower up front, and it's not there. It's you're, you're leaning too much on Wall and Beal again. But it, it's I'm looking forward to the day when we can count on getting 30 minutes from uh, Markeith and 30 minutes uh, from Otto together. That means that instead of you know, Ubre and Smith playing 16, uh, look, tonight they played 36 prime minutes. Eventually they'll play those 36 minutes, you know, coming off the bench as reserves. Um, one last thing sort of on this game, and I'll, I'll ask you some bigger picture stuff. I asked Scott Brooks after the game about this blowing these leads, because let's not forget, they lost game one and two last last playoffs against Boston they had huge leads in the first right. quarter. Let those slip away. Now, you can point to whatever reason you want, but ultimately you have these leads and they go away, and that's been happening this year. So I asked Brooks if he's concerned at all about this habit of giving up leads. It's still sticking around. It's early in the year. I did preface that, folks. His his answer, part of it, quote, I'm not concerned with the leads. I'm more concerned with the defensive intensity. We keep talking about it. It's going to come down to guys being able to do what they are capable of doing. I'm not asking them to do something they're not capable. I'm going to have to figure out how we can get our guys – to be more consistent with the level of urgency. We didn't have that tonight, end quote. Um, you know, and, and he's not wrong, like I said, to give them at least a slight pass. You're At some point, you start running out of bodies. If you count Uber as an early season starter, they essentially were down. I mean, you know, like I said, when Tataransky, who's barely playing, is in the game three minutes in, you know it's an odd night. They had a big lead. They let it get away. Um since I haven't had you here on this podcast, let me ask you some other stuff. And by the way, Cleveland, are you going to be here Friday? First? Yes, I will. Right, that, that's not a game. Where I will you're not t- miss that. You're not letting the backup come no, in. No, not. Um, I'm definitely going to be here for that. Last year, I lost my earbuds on Cleveland night. Somehow, I, I lost them. So oh, maybe yeah. they're back, and maybe they'll say, yeah. "Hey, some guy left his earbuds on the upper." Why don't you ask LeBron? Maybe you know. Yeah, perhaps he could probably get you some. Like you know, I don't know if he's a, be- I, a Beats by. I bird. had I had some old I had some uh, ones that we got from Nats Park. Uh, they were Washington Nationals. They were little red ones with the you know the curly W in them, and I had them. I le- I had I they, they gave us two pair. I gave one to a friend. And like a week after I gave up the other pair, boom, these were gone. So you can't really call up somebody and say, hey, you know those earbuds I gave you last week? Uh, can I have them back? <laughs> um, so that'll be fun. Our, our boy uh, Todd Dibus, silly man, he picked this weekend to cover the Redskins. So he's going to Seattle for that game oh, and wow. is missing LeBron. 
It's a uh, bummer. I mean, look, a free trip to Seattle. I know he's got some connections yeah. back there. But, you know, come on. That's a, that's a, that's a bad one. So, you do uh, that place where they you know, they throw the fish at you. I'm sure that'll be fun. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm going to have to have another yeah. uh, another guest uh, here on after Friday's episode. Todd may be getting Wally pipped here. You never know. Um, I'll, de- I'll deal with that game on tomorrow's podcast. But just a bigger picture. You've been around here for a long time. You, you see this team. I was willing, like, I, earlier today, I was listening to a podcast, Zach Lowe's podcast. He was on with Brian Windhorst, and they were talking about the Eastern Conference in general, and they're both were, had glowing things to say about the Wizards. Both said they were probably the second best team in the East. And I found myself nodding along largely in agreement that even though the Wizards had blown some of these leads, this was before this game before, right. I'm like, you know what? They were still winning, cause they, the first two games at home, they had big leads, blew them, but came back to win. Yeah. It felt like they haven't played super great, but they've been winning. They still know Marquise Morris. And they're also just a very confident team, whereas like the Nats and Caps, I don't know if they're getting tight or whatever, but they have some issues in the playoffs. I just feel like with the Wizards, they've got some moxie. I don't see that being their issue, whether they win is another story. Uh, from your perspective, as somebody who's seen this team go through some really bad times to now maybe coming out on the other end of it, where what's your level of optimism? And does a game like this have you give you any pause if, for me to ask you a big picture question? Like that? This this game it reminds me of that. There was that one game. It may have been the last year that Whitman was here, where they played Brooklyn on a Friday night and just got their doors. Wait, by the out. way, can I say I said to somebody when we came in waiting for Brooks. I kind of miss Whitman tonight. This would have been, for us as reporters, this would have been a, a fun game for Whitman because he would just go off on some random tangent and be pretty upset, well, he, understandably. Yeah. Well, the thing is with Whitman is that he, he would give this exasperated sitcom dad face. <laughs> and you're just like, hey! And it was it was very amusing. Uh, but it's tough to translate on tape, though. I, I You know, I, I think that we're only seven games into the season. We've yet to see this team with its full uh, lineup and full rotation that we are projecting for this year. If they were blowing leads with Markeith Morris uh, playing 30 minutes a game, I'd be concerned. But, you know, this it, letting these leads just melt. And they're, they're, they're not even leads that they're slowly giving up. It's all of a sudden they go from being up nine to being tied. That... That has to you know, that has to concern you on some level, especially this early in the season. You know, granted, a lot of year to a uh, lot, lot of season to go. They uh, got their big West Coast uh, road trip out of the way, so you know, eventually, you know, it's the the sample size. You know, we're going to see a, a clearer picture as opposed to right now, where there's seven different snapshots and it's and it, there's not as much resolution. But you, you got to be concerned because every game, just about except for Sacramento, they've had a lead and they've let teams come back in. And I'm not saying that you know that you're you have to hold on to these leads and you know put your foot to the throat of the uh, foe, you know, every single time you get up double digits. But you got to do it at least once or twice to instill that confidence. And defensively, that's where the shortcomings are right now. And you wonder what they can do to to generate that. Uh, Wall and Beal in the post game in the uh, locker room said that they needed to get the guys to be more accountable and the like, and, and and try and do that and be more vocal. And maybe maybe that's what needs to happen. Maybe they need to get on these guys to be more assignment sound, to be more focused, to you know to tell a guy you know like Tim Frazier, hey, you know what, you're playing 12 minutes a game. Make those 12 minutes absolutely awesome and, you know, give 
you know, put 20 minutes of effort in those 12 minutes as opposed to, yeah, you're playing 12. Because, you know, you look, he's in there. He, you know, he made a couple big, you know, good plays here or there. But, but minus 10 on that plus minus, you know, flawed stat over 12 minutes, you know, even if we realize how flawed it is and it's not perfect, that's still not ideal. That's still not good. And they need to build these guys up and, you know, make the second, the, the second unit is still a ways away from finding itself because as, we, as we've talked, Markeith, not in the mix yet. Once he comes back, they need to get their act together. And I'll, I'll, I'll be concerned if this is continuing to happen come December. Right now, we're barely in November. You have such a good radio voice. You do, you should do radio. I do. I work at oh. WTOP. I do afternoon drive uh, updates on 103.5 FM. Um, also, uh, announce Maryland women's basketball games oh, I didn't on know the that. radio. And, uh, we do Big Ten Network Plus. It's like the Happy Days Again version of, <laughs> of the Big Ten Network. And then, uh, I also, uh, have a blog I write as well as you do called Preston's Perspective. So you write better than On WordPress, I attempt to. And I'm on Twitter at Dav Presto. That's D-A-V Presto. Because I took the last letter out of each of my names. Otherwise, I would have had to become Dave Preston 34. Which is scary because that means there's 33 other Dave Prestons well, in this yeah, country. Yeah, I don't have Ben Standing. I don't have too many issues no. with that. But yeah, you, I would imagine. Um, one other stat that sort of jumped out to me and sort of ties back to missing Otto. The Suns had 10 turnovers tonight. Coming into this game, the Wizards were leading the NBA in forcing opponents into 19 turnovers a game. Otto Porter leads the NBA right now with steals 2.7. Mm. He's also, along with Oubre, among the leaders in deflections. And he took essentially both of those guys. Right. Ubre only played 21, 22 minutes, uh, but it didn't play a ton in the first half. And he took that out of the equation, especially on the wing, where Phoenix was particularly. I mean, Phoenix got 62 points from Warren and Booker on the wing. You take those two guys off, uh, you know, for the Wizards, and you know, you're going to have some some issues there. And and you've and we've talked a little bit about Otto, you know, this evening and how he wasn't able to play. And what what a double what what a two-way player he has become for this team. I mean, uh you know, you mentioned that he leads the league in steals. He's second on the team in rebounding, he's third in scoring, and when you look at how they've built this core, even though, you know, Gortat, you know, is your best guy inside, this team has been built around Wall, Beal, and Porter. Three top five draft picks, and you, you you don't on a night when you don't have your your third best player on a team that doesn't have a lot of great depth to begin with, that might cost you. And it, you know it cost them this evening. It wasn't just losing. You know they, they didn't lose because Otto Porter didn't play necessarily. They lost because they didn't play well. But not having Otto definitely gave them a smaller margin for error, and they weren't able to – they made the errors. Um, you are a guy like me who's at a lot of places, but you're probably even at more random places. I, like I said, right. I didn't realize you were at – you do all the Maryland uh, women's games. Uh, last year – I guess it was this year, but la- – well, I guess last was, season. Last season, but I guess this calendar year, we're right. almost to the end of it, I guess. We're, today is November 1st. Uh, was the Wizards game against Cleveland here, the epic 140 to 135. I was here for that. That's where I lost my earbuds. Right, right. And I was say, LeBron, of course, hit yeah. the crazy shot to, to force overtime, and the Wizards played such a good game. For me, my memory is, is, is getting lousier the older I get, but to me, that I think that has to be 
right now the game of the year, at least the one I attended. Uh, you know, I was also at uh, uh, the, some of these Nats crazy playoff games, whatever. But I was there for you. Did that one? Does that one stand out? Gosh, as- be- best game of the year. Um, that's 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 one that just. Because you had the LeBron star power you know, as well, there was that. I, I think the uh, you know you enjoyed because they were playoff games. Uh, I think Game Six against Atlanta was was a, was a, was a uh, even or I mean Game Five against Atlanta that was here was was pretty tight. Game Six against Boston, where Wall hit the game winning shot. Yeah, that was even though they wound up losing you know Game Seven. That you know that was. The stakes, obviously, yes. being what they were. Stakes, stakes being a little higher. Um, yeah, I, I, I would think that as far as for pure entertainment value, you, you can't go, you can't do any better than the game where Cleveland came in here, and it was a one forty to one thirty five. It was a duel of division leaders, and it really, I think, you know, you, you hope that it was a coming out party for this franchise and this team with this core. And who knows, man, you know, you, you hope that they'll be able to build off what they had last year and they eliminate these games where they lose at home to Phoenix and, and lose on the road to the Lakers and uh, get everybody healthy for a stretch run because it, it'd be nice just to, it'd be nice to get to a final four in one of the sports. And I, I, and I'm not, you know, I know that world team tennis, the castles and all, but it'd be nice to have one of the four major teams be, be naturally. You'd love to see the team win it all. You'd love to see the team play for the championship but in DC, we just like to have a team play for a spot to play for the championship. Yeah, no, look, I almost wanted to happen simply just for this conversation to end because every time one of these teams gets to that point yeah. and loses, everybody brings up the stat and it's getting uh, unsightly. Uh, Dave, man, definitely appreciate it. I've already kept you longer than I probably said I would, so appreciate your time, my man. Thank you for uh, helping out. We'll definitely. Uh, whenever you want to talk, I'm hope me know. to do this again, Ben. Thanks for having if me. I, if I do a Georgetown podcast as well. I don't know how often you and I will be at those yeah. games this year, but we'll uh, we'll work we'll work on that one uh, as well. I think. Well, I think what Georgetown has done is that they've they've set up their home schedule to conflict with at least two or three other things in the area. Opening night, opening day is opposite with Redskins opposite home Redskins game. Redskins game, yeah. <laughs> and then they play. And then I think the Wednesday they play opposite uh, Maryland Butler. So. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. All right. Well, we will see. Dave, appreciate it. Thanks to you guys as always. Of course, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Follow Dave on Twitter at Dave Presto. If you don't follow me, I'm at Ben Standig. That's it for now. Wizards Cavs on Friday. Until next time. See ya. Everybody Deal gets open for three. Dagger. Oh, my God.